And that is that our founding fathers in every service that we go through. Isn't that amazing? Because Jesus Christ is the one that has built his church. And he is the founding father and his presence is here among us right now. Tonight you're going to be blessed. Brother Thomas is going to come up and, and preach a masterpiece. I, I can see the anointing on him. I can see he's ready to row. Amen. Would you give him a great big of a, pray, a, a hand of appreciation tonight? Oh, we serve an amazing God, don't we? He's amazing. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm right there with Zach, thankful for this praise team. But how many of you, how many of you noticed lately that there is just a, a new and a fresh anointing on this team? Boy, I'm telling you, I can feel it and sense it. That's, that's because I believe God's going to do some great things. Amen. I want to thank Pastor Kent for the opportunity to share tonight. I want to greet all the church tonight. Uh, pray you uh, receive tonight. You know, I want to, uh, tonight I want to stay right in the, the vein of something that I was sharing Wednesday night. And I want to stay right in that tonight. I, I, I'm actually going to reinsert a few of the scriptures and a few of the thoughts that I had uh, Wednesday night because I really believe that that's the heart of the message that uh, the Lord would have me to share tonight. You know, we, uh, they, were, they were actually singing about, about it tonight. We're to be the light and salt in this earth. And, uh, you know, God could have called angels to uh, proclaim, but he chose the redeemed of the Lord, the blood bought, the blood washed, you and I, uh, to share this gospel in, in the land that we're living. Amen. And, uh, you know, I heard Michael say something the other day. I, I believe we're living in, in the greatest hour of the church. Uh, uh, an opportunity like never before stands before us. And as pastor was ministering this morning, we've got to take advantage of the opportunities that we have. You know, I want to, I, I want to, you know, just uh, encourage you tonight and remind you of your gift and your calling of uh, the very fact that God has called us to be witnesses in this land. He's called us to, uh, to share this glorious message, this gospel message uh, of the very fact that, you know, you don't have to spend eternity in hell. God made a way through Christ that you can, you can literally live throughout eternity with uh, a heavenly father that loved us so much that he gave his son. Sent him uh, to die for you and I in our stead for our sins. And I'm... I'm uh, I'm going to get right into this tonight. And, you know, I always like to put a, a, a title on this tonight. And uh, as Wednesday night, I use this title, It's, it's Not Ashamed. And uh, I'd, I'd like you to say that with me tonight. Repeat after me, not ashamed. Now, can you say it just a little bit louder? Not ashamed. 
Come on, we, we have got to be people that are not ashamed to share our testimonies. We gotta, we gotta tell people about Jesus. How many of you can say amen? I have a, an understanding of, of, there's a lot of witnesses in this church. Uh, I, I feel like I'm the new boy on the block, but I, I have identified that there is, there is a lot of individuals here that let their light shine. I can see that very plainly. I can see that there's many of you that love God with, with all of your heart and, and you really want people to come in and be saved, delivered, set free. I see that. I identify that. And I think that should be our heartbeat because it's truly the heartbeat of God. Not ashamed. I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ because it is the power of God working unto salvation for those that believe. And let's look at the, the scripture tonight. And, and this is really the foundational scripture. And it's found in Romans 1, 16. This is Paul addressing, and he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believe it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The Amplified says it this way, I'm not ashamed of the gospel good news of Christ, for it is God's power working unto salvation for deliverance from eternal death to everyone who believes with a personal trust and competent surrender and firm reliance to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You know, Paul, you know, he said, I, I'm ready to preach in Rome. I, I'm ready to preach the gospel for whosoever, uh, you know, can be saved. We gotta, we gotta minister the gospel like never before in this day because we're in a, we're in a critical hour. How many of you can say amen? We have a great opportunity today. I literally believe, you know, I, I was excited to hear the word this morning about people getting saved because that's really the heartbeat of God. And I don't believe we've, we've, uh, we've seen the fullness of that. I, I literally believe that in the days to come, we're going to see some uh, wonderful and mighty things through the power of God working in people's lives. We're going to see some great things here in the church. How many of you believe that? See, we're all called to share the gospel of Christ. We're, we're God's ambassadors here on earth. We're God's representatives, heaven's uh, campaigners, salvation promoters. And we should not be ashamed of the gospel. In uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 18, there's about three verses I want to talk, and then I want to get into uh, some other things tonight concerning this. Because I believe this, is, uh, this verse here is, is literally the verse that really began to trigger this message in my spirit. And the verse, it talks about while we look not at the things that are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. 
with the, the, the physical eye, the things that are not seen with the physical eye can be seen through faith and through revelation. Those very things. But, but what, what God really spoke to my heart, and this was uh, during preparation for a, a funeral that I was asked to, to minister, that there's so many people nowadays, they're just living life and they're looking at, uh, at the things that are seen and they're not, they're, they really have no spiritual insight. They don't have much uh, revelation or faith. And how many of you know there's people out there and they're going through every day of their life and they're just living life. They're going to work. They're going home. They're eating dinner. And they're getting up again and they're doing the same and the same and the same. And they're not looking at, at some of the, the glorious things that, that are there today uh, the benefits, uh, the, the promises of God and, and, and their minds are just in everything that they can see, but they're not looking at many of the things that they can't see. I talked Wednesday night about the prophet and we've heard a lot of preaching about Elisha and how that the army surrounded him and the, the horses and the chariots were there. And what the Lord really spoke to me about was not so much Elisha, but it was a servant that didn't really have insight, really didn't see beyond what he could see with his eyes. And he said, he said to the, the, the prophet Elisha, he said, what are we going to do? And remember, he, he said, fear not, there's more with us than there are with them. You know, there's, there's so many people out there today that we need to realize that they're, they're not seeing the things that we're seeing. There's many of them out there today. I was thinking about some of uh, Janet's uh, family and they're just going about living life and not thinking about, you know, their eternal destiny and and, and my heart was really breaking concerning that. And that's, that's when God began to speak to my heart about the very fact that, you know, there's, there's people that need God moments. We need to be a church that, you know, where people can experience God. Where they come in here and the atmosphere is so charged with the presence of God you know, I've seen them run to the altars. And they just can't help but come down and, and, and uh, you know, get a touch from God. Get born again. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. Whatever, whatever there might be a, a need. I'm thankful that this is a church where the power of God is moving. It's one of the things that I love the most about the Palace of Praise is the presence of God. I was, uh, I, I told Pastor Kent, and uh, I don't mind telling you, you know, it, he, he preached not too long ago about a desert experience, and uh, I told him, I said, Pastor, you've been preaching to me. And it seemed like I, I had just been in a desert experience, it just a spiritual lull, lullaby or just, just 
you know, Mike, you were talking about sometimes it just don't feel right. And, and uh, I, I was there and, and, and it seemed like, you know, things try to hinder you sometimes. And, and uh, then Mike was talking in that sermon and, and uh, you know, I, I, I felt that sermon. And then, then Brother Randy come up and he was preaching and, and uh, God just got all over me. And I thought, Zach, I thought, man, I need some altar time. I need to get down to the altar and just have some altar time and, and refreshing. You know, even, even ministers, I'm telling you, they need times and refreshing from the presence of the Lord. I was, uh, I was thinking about as pastor was talking to his men and, and, and asking what God was laying upon their hearts. And I thought if, if, if I was asked, what's laid upon my heart is draw nigh to God. Draw nigh to God. How many of you feel like God is calling us to draw nigh? To, to really just draw nigh unto God with all of our hearts. Throw out all hindrances and just, just draw nigh to God. And how many of you know the Bible said when you draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. You know, I was thinking about uh, Nicodemus and, you know, he was a ruler of the Jews and Jesus was talking to him, you know, about the new birth. And, but did you ever think about, he, he didn't have a spiritual insight about spiritual birth, being born again. He really didn't comprehend and see that. There are many people out there today like that today. They don't understand. They, they need to hear. And we are the ones that are called to share. Many people are just living life with no, ins, no insight or spiritual, of, of spiritual things and eternal things. They're just, they're just living life. They're going through life. In 2 Corinthians, and we'll get on to something new in just a moment. But in 2 Corinthians uh, 4 and uh, 3 and 4, it says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them which are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. The Amplified says it this way. It says, for the, the God of this world has blinded the unbelievers' minds that they should not discern the truth, preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, the Messiah, who is the image and likeness of God. And I began to think about the very fact that, you know, the enemy, church, the enemy, his purpose is to keep the unbeliever from believing and becoming a follower and worshiper of God. It's one of his his uh, assignments to hinder. He comes to kill and steal and destroy. You know, the Bible, the Bible says that, you know, that the God of this world, you know, Satan is the God of this world. And all that's in this world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, which is not of the father, it's of the world. That's all that's in this world. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. 
Amen? What people need, and this is really the heartbeat, I, I believe. What people need is a God moment. You know, I look at our world today, um, and it's so broken. Never seen it as broken as it is. How many of you know this world is, is broken? It's in the worst shape that I've ever seen in my life. And I believe God is the only hope for America, for this world. I don't believe a president can turn it around. I believe it's going to take a sovereign move of God. I, I believe it's going to take the church praying and praying it in to see a, a, a mighty move of God in these last days. And I believe it's coming. I believe it's coming. People, people need a God moment, a God encounter, a road to Damascus experience. We, we must look for these God moments. And I, and I want to, you know, I shared a few stories uh, Wednesday, but I want to share uh, a few more tonight. I have a world full of stories about God moments. But you know, sometimes God will set you up. He'll set you up so you can experience a God moment. He will literally do that. I, uh, let, me, let me just give you about three, three uh, little stories. I have a hat and uh, when I'm at the house, a lot of times I'll wear a hat and it, it has letters on it, John 3.16 and I went by a neighbor's house and, and I think I told this story a long time ago here and he looked at my hat and he said, what's John 3.16 mean? I was kind of amazed. But how many of you know that that was a God moment for uh, an opportunity for me to share Christ? That was a, a, a moment. We got to be aware of these God moments that, because he'll set you up for it. I was able to share with him some things about God and we've had many conversations about that since. There was a neighbor that moved in uh, next door. They, they moved in and I know all my neighbors. I make a point to know my neighbors. And I went over to meet her. Her name is Amy. And I went over to meet her. And, uh, you know, the, it, was, it was really just a God moment because she'd say, what, well, what do you do? And, and I said, well, I, I've been a preacher most of my life. And I go to the palace of praise. And uh, I began to talk to her and, and I found out that, you know, she was kind of looking for a church. Now she don't, she don't attend church uh, on a regular basis, but you know, she's been here about three times and brought her, brought her, her son. Her husband's a truck driver. That was a God moment. See, God will set you up. You know, years ago in the church, uh, Janet and I, we used to go to Branson and uh, we'd go there on Friday night and we'd go to Faith Life Church. Uh, 
We'd go there. They had a Friday night service and we could get back for church. And they have one of the, the, the greatest usher teams I've ever seen in my life. Excellence like I've never seen. And uh, so, you know, I, I, I talked to our usher team and I said, let's, let's take a trip to Branson. We took a trip. There was probably 10, 12 of us somewhere in there. And we took a trip to Branson. We was, I wanted them to see the excellence. How many of you believe we ought to do things the best we can? And, and I, I took, them, took them there to Branson. We spent the night there. But I want to tell you, uh, uh, God will set you up. That night, they gave a presentation of their, old, uh, of their usher team. How many of you know God set us up? I mean, they did about a 30-minute presentation on the usher team. See, we got to look for these, these opportunities, these God moments, because they're there. We used to have a, a, a minister that come by by the name of Carol McCarroll. And uh, he, would, uh, he would go into restaurants and he would use this phrase. He'd say, do you know my friend? And... Uh, of course, he would get a response, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I, I started using that a little bit here and there. Do you know my friend? And they say, who? And you say, the Lord Jesus Christ. How many, how many of you know we're a friend of God? And uh, one day I went up in Colton's. Uh, we was with uh, Brian and Sherry, and we were eating. And this waitress come up. And how many of you sometimes you can just bear witness with somebody? They're, they're a child of God. I mean, you can just see it. And I looked at this young lady. She just shined. That's what we're talking about. Let your light shine, right? And, and she just shined. And in my spirit, I knew she was my sister in Christ. And I said to her, I said, uh, do you know my friend? And she looked at me. Well, who's your friend? I said, well, the Lord Jesus. She said, oh, yeah, I know my friend. I know your friend. And she began to talk about, you know, she loved the Lord. And she went to, I forget what church she went to. It might have been here. She, she went to some church. You know, we got we to gotta look for those God moments, church, because God's called us. In uh, Luke 14, and, uh, you know, from the 16th to the 23rd, 23rd verse, this is the parable of, of the Great Supper. And we all know that parables are earthly illustrations with heavenly meetings. And there are many scriptures that are types and shadows of things to come. And in this great supper right here, this, this is a type and a shadow of something to come. How many of you realize there's going to be a great supper one day? Come on. The marriage supper of the Lamb. How many of you is planning on being in the marriage supper of the Lamb? Glory to God. And I believe this, these, this verses right here are a type and a shadow of something to come that we're going to experience, church. You know, the, the, uh, the master sent out the servants. And uh, how many of you know we're sent out? 
and we're living, you know, he said the, the invitation was, was given, come. How many of you know there's an open invitation nowadays? Right now. We're called and, and sent out and the invitation is, is there. But then it, it goes on to say that they began to make excuses. They had things to do. What was happening? They were just living life. Living life and missing out on some of the most glorious things. Amen. And they came back and they, they shared that. And, and, and he said, well, go out and get the halt, the, the blind and the lame and compel them to come in. Hurry up. How many of you know we're in an hour where we need to really be in a hurry to help people know about the Lord? How many of you feel like we're in the 12th hour? We're in the latter hour of the church and we have great opportunities nowadays. I believe the darker it gets, the lighter we'll get. Come on, church, it's got to work that way. And they went out and they, 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 they managed to get people in. But then they told me, said, there's, there's, there's still room. Listen to this verse. I, I listened to Cassie share this verse and I thought, boy, she did a, a great job. And the Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to, to come in that my house may be full. You know, I've always believed that God wants his house to be full. I believe God wants this church to be full. Overflowing. That word compel in the Greek means to restrain. I looked it up in the dictionary just to see, and it, it, it applies pressure. Applying pressure. Constraint. I, I know we can't tie them up and bring them in. But we are to constrain them and apply some pressure, if you would. The Amplified says it this way. And urge and constrain them to yield and come in so that my house may be full. In other words, we're to go above and beyond. How many of you can say that? Above and beyond that the Father's house may be full. You know, I was thinking about how that, that uh, Jesus, you know, he sent them out two by two. And when he sent them out, he, he, he instructed them that, you know, if, if they receive you, abide with them. But if they don't receive you, shake the dust off of your feet. And I think about the very fact that, you know, not everybody's going to receive us nowadays. But we have the responsibility, church. I'm trying to share this with all my heart. We have the responsibility to share this gospel to a dying and lost world. You and I have that responsibility. You know, I was, I was thinking about the very fact that there's so many signs of the time that we're living in the last of the last days. I believe that with all my heart. And I have a, I have a list at home of, of just the, in the New Testament of uh, of the signs of the time. And if you would look at them collectively, you would see a tremendous amount of, of signs that are, that are really fulfilled that we're living in the last of 
the last days. I believe our redemption is drawing nigh. And I've always felt that God want us, wants to do a grand finale. How many of you feel like God would, wants to do a grand finale? Before this thing's over, I believe God wants the harvest to come in. And he's long suffering to us. We're not willing that any should perish. And I just can't help but believe we're going to see some great and wonderful things, church. Come on. We're going to see it. Pastor was sharing it's, it's beginning to happen. Hallelujah. People need the Lord. In Matthew 24, it says, But of the day and hour knoweth no man, not the angels above, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Listen carefully. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were what? They were eating and drinking and marrying and giving unto marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. They're just carrying on life. They're going through life. And they desperately need this God moment that I'm talking about. You know, I believe that God moments end up with God encounters. You know, I never, uh, I don't ever try to claim that I, I've, I've saved people. Because I know we're workers together with Christ. You know, one waters, one plants, one waters, and God gives the increase. I've always said I'm the product of, of many voices in my life, especially my parents. But God wants, wants a harvest to come in in these last days. I believe we have responsibility, church, to see this harvest come in. So they're eating and drinking in marriage. They're just carrying on with life and they desperately need a revelation. They desperately need that one that binds, you know, and blinds their minds and their eyes to be bound up. You know, Mike was talking about that which is, you know, what you bind on earth should be bound in heaven. What's that talking about? It's talking about the authority that we have to bind things and then heaven is loosed and moves on our behalf. Binding and loosening. I, I tell you, my son got away from God. He was a prodigal for seven years. And I literally bound the devil uh, in his life. I, I declared that Satan could not have my son. And I, and I literally talked to the devil. I said, devil, you ain't getting my son. That's my promised seed. And literally binding, you know, you got kids out there. How many of you got kids out there and maybe they're not, they're not where they ought to be? We got a, it's, it's a desperate hour right now, I believe. And we need to get serious about the things of God, church. Come on. I, I'm, I'm telling you, we need to not just, you know, play church. We need to be the church. We need to demonstrate. You know, I loved Zach's message 
about the love of God. They will know that we are his disciples. Why? Because we have loved one for another. Love is one of the most powerful forces because we have loved one for another. Pastor was preaching not too long long ago about forgiveness, and I said, I've learned the secret about forgiveness, the key to forgiveness. He said, what's that? I said, let it go. Let it go. You know, we've got to demonstrate, and, I, and I, one of the things that I, 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 I think, we feel the love of God around here. I literally feel the love of God through this church. Amen. I literally do. I feel the love of God through these ministers. They've been very gracious. It's powerful. We need to demonstrate the love of God. They need to see Christ in us. Amen. And, no, and knew not until a flood came and took them all away, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall uh, be grinning at the meal, uh, one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doeth come. You know, I've always said this, I've, I've said this for years You know, the rapture might not be your last chance, but honey, it's your best chance. It's your best chance. How many of you are planning on going in the rapture of the church? All hell's gonna break loose once we're out of here. And and, uh, I wanna go in the rapture of the church and, and we need to be alert, but we got responsibility. There's people out there, their souls are in the balance. I was ministering at a funeral not too long ago and just sharing some things, John 3, 16 and 17. And I looked out there and I could see on a few faces out there that God was touching them by a message about grace and God's love and making heaven your home. Jesus said in... in, uh, Luke 10, 10. He literally said, the harvest truly is great, but the labors are few. I believe that stands true today. I believe we need more labors. And the Bible said, pray that the Lord of the harvest will send labors out. You know, I, I, wanna, I wanna be a laborer in, this, in these last days. I wanna tell people about Jesus. I make a point to do that. How many of you make a point to do that? I look for God moments to where you just, you know, you can speak one, one right word to somebody and they can have a God encounter. Give their heart and life to God. How many of you want to see souls come in? I want to see souls saved. You know, I... I I want to wrap this up and in, in, uh, I was thinking about the very fact when Jesus was departing and, and uh, sharing with his disciples and 
told him he had to go away, but he was going to send another comforter. One to stand by us and one to help us. And After his crucifixion, the Bible said he showed himself alive by many infallible proofs. And he instructed his disciples to tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. And you shall receive the Holy Ghost, that, that power source to be witnesses. He wants to empower us to be witnesses. Amen? On the day of Pentecost, in the upper room, there were believers that were in, endued with power from on high. It was a defining moment for the church. It was literally a, 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 a world-changing event that took place. You know, if you're here and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you know you can be filled with the Holy Ghost tonight. Enabling you to be his witness. You shall receive power to be my witnesses. That's not just verbal, that's in conduct as well. You know, I attend this church. I, I want to be, I don't want to do anything to bring a reproach against the palace of praise. But more than that, I don't want to bring a reproach against the kingdom of God. We're not perfect individuals. But I think sometimes people use that as an excuse to live any way they want to live. And I believe that God is calling a people to sanctify themselves. As pastor was preaching today, to set things apart. Come out from among the world and be separate. And let your light so shine. How many of you can say amen? On that day of Pentecost, there was a rushing mighty wind that filled the house. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. All of them were filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 3,000 souls were saved. Let me say that again. 3,000 souls were saved by a move of God, by a God encounter event. How many of you know God can do it again? There can be that God encounter, glory to God. You know, I, I think about people's struggles sometimes because of tongues. I remember Larry Lee he was uh, raised in the Baptist denomination. I want to ask the praise team if they'll come. And 
went to seminar and everything, and one of the professors asked him one time, said, how come you speak in tongues? And he replied, because it's normal according to the word of God. It's normal. You know, one of the reasons I think people struggle so much they, concerning that, you know, the Bible said they spoke as the Spirit gave utterance. Our job is to release and yield. And the Spirit will give utterance. And there is a, a, a power that you receive. How many of you noticed after the day of Pentecost, it, it turned the disciples' lives around? Souls were saved. They went forth in power. Many people were redeemed, set free. I believe God wants to do that nowadays. If you'll stand with me.